Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. Uh, we're drawing close to the end of the Gospel of Matthew. We're in the 27th chapter of Matthew. And if you remember, we, um, we ended with the 31st verse yesterday. <clears throat> Here's what it said. After they had mocked him, Jesus, they took the scarlet robe off him and put his, garments on his, his own garments on his back, and they led him away to crucify him. So he's gone through all this belittlement. He's gone through all this beating. He's gone through all this thing from the religious rulers, <clears throat> from the political ru- rulers, the mocking, all this stuff that's happened. All four Gospels <clears throat> give detailed account of these various things. And today I want to look at three of the Gospels, and then we'll probably save another one for the, uh, the next episode. Let's continue on Matthew. Verse 32 says this. As they were coming out, so they're leading them all to be crucified. As they're coming out, they found a man of Cyrene named Simon, whom they pressed into service to bear his cross. So Jesus was having to carry <clears throat> the cross. Now, uh, it's generally believed that he's not carrying the whole intact cross in the way that we see it uh, in movies, in the way that we envision it within our mind. The vertical part of the cross would likely uh, have been up where the hole is that had been dug for this. <clears throat> okay. It might have been all in one piece, and he had to drag it all the way up, but generally speaking, we believe, because of historical stuff and things like that, that he was uh, carrying the cross beam. Now, John tells us something about this. Listen to what John says, 19th chapter of John, beginning with verse 16. So he then handed Jesus over to them to be crucified. That's Pilate. They took Jesus, therefore, and went out, bearing his own cross to the place called the Skull, which is called in Hebrew, Golgotha. So John says that Jesus was carrying his cross. Matthew says that somebody else was carrying it. And people will look at it and say, oh, there's a problem in the Bible. It's inc-. No, 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 no. It's obvious what's going on here. Jesus carried that cross, that portion of the cross, as far as he could. And then he had collapsed. Remember? All the things that he had encountered, he had been weak, uh, beat, he had been scourged. He's bleeding, okay? He's weak. And so when he could carry it no longer, that's when they pressed Cyrene into doing this. And pressed means they made him do it. Now, back to Matthew, verse 33 says this. And when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull, they gave him wine to drink mixed with gall. And after tasting it, he was unwilling to drink. Well, why was he unwilling to drink? Well, when he tasted it, he was thirsty. If it had been just wine, he would have drunk it. But he tasted it and realized that it's got a sedative in it. That's what the gall was. And so it was to uh, numb and help deaden the extreme pain that he was going through then and that he was about to go through. And Jesus rejected it. He rejected it. He wasn't going to let anything numb. He wasn't going to let anything uh, hinder what he was called to do and what he was doing. Now, Mark 15 has an account beginning in verse 20. After they had mocked him, they took the purple robe off him and put his own garments on him, and they led him out to crucify him. 
Remember how they placed these regal garments on him, the crown of thorns and the purple and all this? So they took all that off, and then they put his own garments back on him. They pressed into service a passerby coming from the country, Simon of Cyrene, and then it says parenthetically, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to bear his cross. Then they brought him to the place, Golgotha, which is translated place of the skull. They tried to give him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. So we see what's going on here. He's on his way. I'll tell you what, let's go ahead and we'll jump into Luke. Maybe we can get through this today. I'm not sure. Luke, the 23rd chapter, says this. When they led him away, they seized a man, Simon of Cyrene, coming in from the country and placed him and placed on him the cross to carry behind Jesus. And following him was a large crowd of the people and of women who were mourning and lamenting him. So there's a large crowd of the people. And there's women who are mourning and lamenting. But remember, it was the crowd that was demanding that he be crucified. Listen to this, verse 28. Remember the state of Jesus. But Jesus turned to them and said, so he's turning to the women, apparently. Jesus says this, Daughters of Jerusalem, stop weeping for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren, and wombs that never bore, and breasts that never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, Cover us. For if they do these things when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? So what is Jesus saying? He's saying this as he's walking along. He's so weak he can't carry the, the cross. But he's speaking this to the daughter, and he's warning them, don't weep for me. Weep for yourself and weep for your children, because there's a day coming when people are going to say, if you don't have kids, you're blessed. It's going to be so bad that they're going to be crying out. They're going to say the mountains fall on us. And that's actually a, a thing out of the prophets, out of Hosea and out of Isaiah. And it actually speaks to what the world's going to be doing in Revelation 6 when they see the Lord coming again. They're going to cry for the mountains to fall on them, to hide them from he who sits on the throne and from the wrath of God. So he's warning them about this. He says, if it's like this when the tree is green, if it's like this at the beginning before the, the fullness of fruit has come, if it's like this, how's it going to be when the maturity of this comes along? Then verse 32, two others also who were criminals were being led away to be put to death with him. When they came to the place called the skull, there they crucified him. And the criminals, one on the right and the one on the left, were also crucified. So you see that even as Jesus was on the way and ascending to the hill of the skull, <coughs> that he's speaking forth prophetic truth to the women. The women were crying and mourning and lamenting him. And Jesus is saying, no, don't weep over me, but weep for yourself. For behold, days are coming. He's telling them, you think this right here is bad? You wait till you see what is coming. And part of that was uh, partially uh, fulfilled in that generation. Okay, Things that would happen, particularly about 40 years later, what happened in Jerusalem, that's not the complete fulfillment of it by any stretch of the imagination, though a lot of people will try to tell you that. But it wasn't. But there are days, even from our time and our perspective, that are yet to come. 
we need to be forewarned about. Okay, anyway, we'll stop right there. As I said previously, folks, just allow the Word to speak to you right here and remind us what Jesus endured, what He did to reconcile mankind to the Father and rejoice in Him. If you haven't repented and confessed and called upon the name of the Lord, if you haven't believed, today is the day of salvation. You say, well, people listening to this, they will have believed, not necessarily. There's a huge portion of the church professing that are religionists that just sit there in services and do things, and they're not really true believers. Don't be one of those. Well, again, I'm Dale. I'll see you all in the next episode.